I'm a publisher, and one day my daughter Christina asked me to write a novel with her. Well, that day was long ago, and that little girl is now an adult. But our novels live on. The Truth Seekers Mystery Series highlights a homeschool family, the Murphy Teens, in an action-adventure novel that is sure to entertain as well as teach creation truths. To get your copy, visit our website at truthseekersmysteryseries.com. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. What is creation? Did God create the world in six days and rest on the seventh? Does anyone really care? These questions and many more, including teaching tips and great resources, are presented in the Creation Science Podcast. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and it's my pleasure and honor to be your host. Some of these shows are from my Best of Creation Expos, and other presentations I've completed throughout the years of teaching on this topic. I'm the owner of Media Angels, Inc., a publishing company that produces books, audios, and videos to help you and your family in your Christian walk. Check out my books and other podcasts at MediaAngels.com. To get the show notes for this broadcast, go to CreationSciencePodcast.com. And now, let's learn together. Hi folks, welcome to my podcast on subjects related to geology. This is your host, Patrick Nury. Today we're going to talk about the rock strata, the fossils in the strata, and how they fit into the secular and biblical views of geology. Before we begin, I wanted to let you know about the materials I have available from Northwest Treasures northwestrockandfossil.com. Northwest Treasures is devoted to equipping you in a biblical understanding of earth history. I have over a hundred kits that contain rocks, minerals, fossils, and many books all designed to help clarify Genesis and biblical geology. Now back to our study for today, rock strata and the fossils in geology. Sounds like an exciting topic, doesn't it? And indeed, studying the layers of rock can be very tedious work. The study of rock layers in secular geology and what they mean is called stratigraphy. The study of the fossils as they appear in the rock layers is called biostratigraphy. Let's break these words down a little more. The literal rendering of the Greek word stratigraphy is layer writing. What kind of sense does that make? It makes a whole lot of sense if you understand how secular geology works. One of my favorite books on this subject, and in my opinion, one of the clearest books on the subject is called The Key to Earth History, An Introduction to Stratigraphy. It's by Peter Dole, Matthew Bennett, and Alistair Baxter, published in England in 1994. The whole premise of secular stratigraphy 
is that the physical history of the earth is written in the rock layers. Secular geologists believe that they can discern and write the history of the earth by studying the rock layers. Now keep in mind, however, that there are no words or dates written in the rocks. There is no history book or history revealed or recorded. The rock layers must be interpreted and that involves human reasoning and ideas. Do you remember some of our definitions from previous podcasts, namely science and history? Science is that which can be observed, tested, and repeated. Here, science should ask the question, has anyone ever observed these rock layers in the process of forming? Has anyone ever seen the rock layers accumulate with petrified remains? Small controlled petrification has taken place, as in concrete, but certainly nothing on the order of what we see in the rock record today. Rock layers are just that, rock layers. We can tell what kind of sedimentary rock is contained in the layers, and we can many times identify the fossil critter in the rocks. But the rock layers do not tell us how old they are or how they got that way. That deals with the realm of history. Now, history deals with one-time unique events recorded by eyewitnesses or written documents. Secularists interpret the history of rock layers using a particular philosophical framework that they claim gives us or writes us a history of the earth. And so, from a secular perspective, stratigraphy is the key to earth history. Here, history should ask the question, has anyone seen this process or knows of a record or eyewitness account of this process? This is where the Biblicist should raise his or her hand and suggest that the biblical account gives a fairly detailed and historical record of an event that can explain the rock layers and the fossils in them. Modern geology does not have this kind of record. The secularist constructs the story as he or she believes it happened based on a purely naturalistic paradigm. The Biblicist, on the other hand, looks at the written record of the Bible and uses it to interpret the history of the rocks and fossils. The biblical framework of earth history already tells us what happened. Therefore, we don't make up the explanation as we go, but frame it according to a very old document that has been neglected for several hundred years. As these rock layers with fossils in them have never actually been observed in their formative processes, another interpretation is quite possible. Coming at the problem from a whole different perspective, biblical history, the rock strata containing the fossils can easily be explained by a creation and global flood. It is a historical question. How the rock layers got that way 
cannot be solved by science because there was no observation involved. Well, this brings me to another word, biostratigraphy. Secular scientists believe that the rock layers containing fossils cannot only be dated by these fossils, but also that an evolutionary history is contained in the rock layers and can be ascertained by studying the fossils. Bio means life, and it is the life that is preserved as fossils in the rock layers that secular geologists believe tell the story of evolution over millions of years. By the late 1800s, the study of fossils and the rock layers were so thoroughly intertwined that it is now impossible in modern geology to study one without the other. Rocks are as old as the fossils in them, and a belief in evolution tells us how old the fossils are, and therefore how old the rocks are. It's just that simple. Let's talk about age and stratigraphy for a minute. How did rock layers come to be interpreted as millions of years of Earth history? The father of modern geology, James Hutton, is credited with developing an idea called uniformitarianism in the 1700s. Uniformitarianism comes from a root word uniform or uniformity, and it has to do with uniformity of geological processes and rates operating over a long period of time. James Hutton was a man of his time, the Enlightenment. The Enlightenment was a time of questioning and skepticism regarding the Bible and the Church. In fact, James Hutton was one of the fathers of the Scottish Enlightenment. As Hutton contemplated the sedimentary rock layers at Sicker Point in Scotland, he reasoned that surely these layers of rock must have been deposited and eroded over an immense amount of time. They must be older than the Bible's timeline. The Enlightenment was a reactionary movement. If the Bible declared one thing, the Enlightenment declared just the opposite. This is what gave birth to the word agnosticism coined by Thomas Huxley a century later. Huxley insisted that one could not know the truth of what was declared in the Bible because it had not been observed by qualified scientists. Of course, this is the same complaint that creationists lodge against the secularists. I would suggest that actually the word agnosticism was born because what had been declared in the Bible and by Jesus had been rejected. The Christian witness teaches that we can know certain things because God made them known through his scriptures. If you take away the revelation of God, obviously it is impossible to naturally know the things declared in the Bible. For all we know, they could be just the ideas of man. God creating the space and the earth were one-time unique historical events that have not been repeated. And he has left us an account in the scriptures 
And Jesus verified this over and over again. If the scripture declared that the earth was created in six days, the Enlightenment declared that the earth must be ancient, and it must have been formed by processes we can now observe, not as a result of involvement of any supernatural being or God. If the scripture declared that a flood lasting a year destroyed the earth that existed before Noah, then the Enlightenment insisted that the earth must have been a product of slow processes of sediment deposition and erosion. This meant that stacks of rock layers represented time, lots of time. Rocks on the bottom of any given set of layers were not only older, but were the oldest. This also meant that fossils buried in these bottommost layers of rocks were the oldest biological creatures. Time took on a completely new dimension, deep time, as opposed to a young earth that the Bible taught. The process of redefining time, the layers of rock, and the origin of fossils took about a hundred years to complete. By the end of the 19th century, no scientist spoke of scripture in terms of actual geological history. The account of the creation and the flood were relegated to myth. All of these changes were accomplished by philosophical reasoning, not by actual science. The new paradigm was set first and then used to interpret the stacks of rock layers. This is one of the reasons why secular geology is such a bewildering subject. It is philosophy dressed in scientific language. As we have already defined, science deals with that which can be observed, tested, and repeated. Science cannot account for the history of the earth because of this. The stuff of the earth must be interpreted according to certain paradigms to craft a history. Modern geology has crafted a history of the earth based on shifting interpretations of rock layers and fossils, all begun by James Hutton in the 18th century. Stratigraphy is actually a belief that the rock layers tell a history which must be interpreted by men and women of science. In reality, layers on the bottom of any stack of rocks gives us a relative positioning in relation to the rocks on top. There is nothing in the rocks themselves that tells us how old they are. If we simply lay a different template over the rock layers, the template of the historical flood, then if the rock layers have been undisturbed since their inception, then the layers on the bottom were laid down first in relation to the ones above them. In other words, they may actually be quite young. It falls to biostratigraphy to guide a secular geologist to interpret the rock layers as to how old they are. Biostratigraphy is also a belief. Secular geology believes that since fossils must tell a story of gradually evolving life, and life must have taken millions of years to evolve, 
then the fossil life in the bottommost layers must be millions of years old, and consequently the rocks are also. But again, if we simply shift our belief to a Genesis global flood, which took place about 4,500 years ago, then the arrangement of the fossils are the result of burial and sorting by the catastrophic flood over a very short period of time. The rock strata are there, and so are the fossils. But the age of these things must be determined not by science, but by history and philosophy. Have you ever tried to contemplate just how long a million years is? Humans cannot seem to grasp this concept. It escapes our ability to figure it out. History over the last few thousand years makes sense because of commonly shared human experiences and the records that have been preserved. But a million years, or even millions of years, is incomprehensible. This is one of the reasons I believe we call this deep time. But that does not help us grasp the enormity of it, because we have nothing to relate it to. I have been studying the John Day Fossil Beds National Monument in North Central Oregon lately. It is a fascinating other world of badland topography, layers, and interesting formations. Stratigraphers, geologists who study the rock layers, have worked out the evolutionary order and time frame for the rock layers of the John Day Fossil Beds that captivate the attention in this wonderland. The stratigraphic column of time and the evolution for this area spans about 55 million years according to secular reasoning. It comprises three distinct geological units, which if stacked one on another, would total about three miles in thickness, each having some similar and some different fossils in them. This hypothetical column, published by the National Park System, is portrayed as a vertical column emphasizing the passage of time from the bottommost layers to the present. To find your way around the monument, you must rely on the National Park's road guide that helps you orient where you are. It struck me one day that the same portions that comprise the monument are the same three units that comprise the stratigraphic column. But these units are spread out and separated by miles from one another and are horizontal to each other, not vertical. In other words, the units have been humanly arranged into a vertical column on paper so that we can visualize what secular geologists believe took place. So, how do geologists know that these units should be on top of one another? How do we know that they didn't in fact exist together at the same time? Well, we don't. We must accept the premise that both the uniformitarian and biblical perspectives are paradigms, that both are beliefs about what happened here. Secular geologists ridicule this approach as religious and devoid of understanding. 
That is because they have accepted their paradigm as scientific fact. The history of modern geology is filled with examples of the confusion of paradigms with scientific facts. Secular geologists have arranged the three units of the John Day fossil beds into a time column based on the belief that the fossils found in these units have evolved over millions of years. In fact, could these various sedimentary rock layers and the fossils in them have been arranged by a catastrophic flood, washing bones and mixtures of sand, silt, and volcanic ash into the area we now call John Day? Yes, they could have. Stratigraphy and biostratigraphy are two foundational paradigms in modern geology. Secular stratigraphy and biostratigraphy are fundamental to an education in secular geology. If you are wanting a career in geology, you will need to study this line of reasoning. And there it is. The rock layers and the fossils in them were either deposited, eroded, and evolved over millions of years, or they were deposited and buried during a catastrophic one-year global flood, which has been recorded as an historical event in the Bible. Both of these are ideas. Both are paradigms or perspectives. Neither can be proven scientifically. Only one, however, is based in a historical document. One of these paradigms will destroy faith in the scriptures and the God of the scriptures. The other will promote faith in the scriptures. This is extremely important for the biblicists to grasp. Secular geologists simply revise their ideas as time goes on. So, what if past geologists got it wrong? So what? But for the biblicist, the whole of the Christian faith rests on the accuracy of biblical history. There is secular stratigraphy based on naturalistic reasoning and a rejection of the scriptures, and there is biblical stratigraphy based on the historical framework of the Bible. Both cannot be true. Well, that will conclude my podcast for today. Be sure to visit our website, northwestrockandfossil.com, to see more of the resources for understanding a biblical view of geology. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks so much for listening to the Creation Science Podcast. You can find the show notes at creationsciencepodcast.com. And as always, reach out to me, Felice Gerwitz, at felice at mediaangels.com. Take care, God bless, and I hope you enjoy teaching your children and learning about the beautiful world that God created. Please share this broadcast with a friend, and thanks so much.